Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Jehocraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we have the opportunity to talk the stuff of Scripture. And if you are listening to this program by way of KKXX, if you're driving in your car, um, we welcome you wherever you may be. If you are one of those uh, listeners abroad and you're listening to this uh, by way of podcast, we welcome you as well. I just want to continue to thank all of you listeners out there who continue to take time out of your busy schedules to reflect upon the Word of God with us. I have uh, taken note that uh, there are some more listeners in Ukraine, China, Japan, Malaysia, and Brazil. I don't know what's happening in Brazil right now, but there are a lot of listeners in Brazil. I don't know if that's a World Youth Day thing. But uh, anyhow, so yes, we welcome you. And I say we because it is Friday and I have Debbie Rizals joining me. So Debbie, it is great to have you with me another evening. Thank you. Good evening. So Debbie... Here we are, 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Once again, we are in the Gospel of Matthew, and uh, because of that, we continue to really reflect uh, into these very rich parables. Now, you and I uh, especially have discussed at length the importance of a parable, the meaning of a parable, why does Jesus teach in parables? And so from one parable to the next, he wishes to offer us more insight into, yes, the kingdom of heaven, but also how we are called to uh, relate to one another. And within every parable, there's always more than one nugget. And so t- tonight, we're going to reflect upon certainly the key message that comes out of the parable, but we call upon the Holy Spirit, we invite the Holy Spirit into this studio that we uh, might gain insight ourselves. And I speak to that briefly, Debbie, because there is a tendency today to maybe read a gospel passage and say to ourselves, well, I've heard this a hundred times, literally, and we don't really give it much thought. And what ends up happening is we go to that gospel passage, if it's a parable, and we start to look for all of these nuances and we forget the essence of the message. Mm-hmm. I was in a conversation with someone last night and they're all about, okay, um, I'm looking for all of those innuendos, all of those nuances, and that's fine, that's fair game. But as he was talking, I was thinking to myself, well, you've lost the essence of the message. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the essence of what this evening's parable is about, the parable that uh, we're going to hear on Sunday at Mass, and uh, in doing so, again, certainly grab hold of uh, what our Lord wants us to hear. So with that, if you can get us going, Debbie. Sure, we're reading this week from Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Jesus told his disciples this parable. A man going on a journey called in his servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to a third one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Immediately the one who received five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who received two made another two. But the man who received one went off dug a hole in the ground, and buried his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came back and settled accounts with them. 
The one who had received five talents came forward, bringing the additional five. He said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I have made five more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received two talents also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come, share your master's joy. Then the one who had received the one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you were a demanding person, harvesting where you did not plant, and gathering where you did not scatter. So out of fear, I went off and buried your talent in the ground. Here it is back. His master said to him in reply, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I do not plant and gather where I did not scatter? Should you not then have put my money in the bank so that I could have got back with interest on my return? Now then, take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And throw this useless servant into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Amen. Just in listening to that, even after reading it four or five times, <laughs> you know, there's so many new things that hit me. It's yeah. a fascinating thing when you read something, Debbie, and then when you listen. Isn't that interesting? It, it, there's a different that dynamic. Going, yep, there really is. In fact, that's a whole church father moment. They talk about that a great <laughs> deal during Mass. That's for another radio program. But uh, So what's going on here off the top on the surface? If you're active in your faith, then yes, much will be given to you. If you're lazy, inactive, if you are slothful, uh, then you are excluded from the kingdom of God. That's what's at the heart of this this parable. Now, a few tidbits here, Debbie. The, the use of talent, I think this is important. Uh, in another conversation I was in uh, yesterday, they are saying, gosh, Joe, it doesn't seem like a whole lot five to one. I mean, is there something relevant to that? Just all three really received small portions initially. Well, actually, no, because a talent in antiquities is a great deal. One talent is a lot of money. Two talent is even obviously more money. And of course, five talents is off the charts. And now, what we're made to see when we reflect upon this gospel and parable, when you start getting into the Greek, is that this is about what God gives to us and what we do with it. Mm-hmm. And certainly... Our Lord puts an emphasis, Debbie, in the gospel narratives, as well as Paul, on the language of money. He's constant in his use of business transactions, you know, Mm -hmm. investments. Uh, Even Paul, again, when he's talking about baptism, in the Greek, he's talking about this this idea of baptism being a first installment, Mm -hmm. okay, that Mm -hmm. we've, we've received this grace and this grace is our first installment. Well, what's an installment? 
You know, again, you start to think about this in monetary terms, and okay, yeah, grace, baptism, this can begin to make sense, and this is why our Lord uses terminology that his audience can understand. But it's more than that. He wants us to see, okay, you've been operating within the context of monetary terms and business transactions, but I want you to see this now in light of something so much more. Mm. Okay, so, for example, baptism. I am giving you... Uh, this first installment, this this down payment. Now, what are you going to do with it? Okay, to you, it's one. To you, it's two. To you, it's five. What are you going to do with it, huh? And so immediately, there needs to be this emphasis on what are we going to do with the gift? Mm-hmm. And what do we receive in baptism? The virtues of faith, hope, and love. These are etched onto our very souls. Do we just let them be? You know, what's What's underneath this parable as well, Debbie, is, is that overarching truth, what you feed grows. The more you give, the more you will receive. And that's what drives the Christian faith. At least once a week, Debbie, I talk about this in God for other. You know, new identity, new goal. Why do I talk about this? Because the more we are in God, the more we're going to come to understand we need to continue to give. And when we give, what we realize is, we possess more. And as Paul talks about, this is the stuff of grace. So the giving to have. Mm-hmm. This is paradoxical for us. We don't always think like this because we are a very, as John Paul II would put it, self-getting culture. Mm-hmm. We're not always a self-giving culture. What's in it for me? As a mother, you can identify with this, Debbie. You know, I have four little ones. And I just took note today. I thought, I'm, I'm going to do something fun today. I said, I'm going to listen to how my kids think. The little <laughs> ones, especially, what's in it for me? <laughs> you know, yes. that, what's in it for me, right? And, and this is how we all think. Our fallen nature. Yeah, sure. I mean, it really is. So what we need to start doing in light of today's text is start asking a new question. Not what's in it for me, but how can I give more? How can I give more? more. And when we understand that, uh, we will be well on our way. There's a beautiful little line from um, Erasmus Maricacus in, mm. to, in this week's uh, Reflection in the Magnificat. And it's just this one little line, but it just, I loved it because it was so reflective of the reading. And he said, our greatest talent and treasure is our ability to love. And in this enterprise, the champion is the greatest risk Taker. Mm, that's great. Is that not yeah, beautiful? Yeah, that's good stuff. So you yeah. look at the first servant. He was given, as you said, great wealth. Not just one and two talents, but five talents. Extreme wealth. Yeah. The stuff that would make us shake in our boots. To, mm-hmm. to uh, And it's somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. And he invests it and doubles his money. He's the biggest risk taker. Mm-hmm. of the three servants. And what happens? He not only gets what he, you know, made on the 10, but then the lazy servant's one little measly talent is also added to him. Mm-hmm. To the one who's given much, much is expected. Yes. Scripture tells us. So I thought that was the ones that take the chance on God. It's not take the chance on you. Taking the ta- chance on really trusting, really putting your you know, your faith on the line and trusting. Well, and what's interesting as you're talking there, Debbie, the word risk brings us back to a discussion on adventure. 
The word adventure in the Latin, when you look at it, generally you define it as taking a chance, taking a risk. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense because that's what an adventure is all about. But the adventurus in the Latin is to come, to achieve, to arrive at. Okay. What's going on there? Well, if you think about this critically, if we're going to arrive at our goal, if we are going to achieve what is before us, okay, and, and what is our goal as Christians? What, what are we made to achieve? Well, the Catechism reminds us that the goal of the Christian life is peace. What the Church wants us to see when we're talking about peace is this isn't just some negotiated settlement or, or absence of warfare. No, it's covenant harmony with God, and the sum total of that is where? But heaven. Mm-hmm. So the goal of every Christian is heaven. Now, how are we going to get there? We need to be risk takers. Yeah. We need to take Big a chance. Mm-hmm. I was reflecting to this earliest week because last week I was doing a retreat and it was at this site where across the lake was Six Flags. And I'm looking over and I see all of these roller coasters, you know, <laughs> towering above the trees. And I'm so just, much fun. Yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking. Well, gosh, that looks like so much fun. I just want to <laughs> swim over there, you know, get on those roller coasters. And I thought, but man, is this not the Christian and Catholic oh, journey? Yes. But it, it is only going to be what it needs to be if we are willing to take risks. If we're willing to get on the ride. Yes. Amen. <laughs> you know, we look, Debbie, at challenges as obstacles. Absolutely. We, we turn the other way from the challenge. But remember what challenge means. You know, provocatio, to call us forth, to call us out. Really, challenge and it's provocatio and adventure and it's adventurous. The, the glove ball fit mm-hmm. to better understand how we, as Matthew Kelly would put it, you know, we were talking a little bit about him earlier, yeah. how we are called to be the best version of who God is calling us to be. Yes. We will only do that if we take risks. And again, another key salient point that comes to us from today's parable. And, you know, we can learn a little, we have a key here, a very important key in the third servant because he admits it. Mm-hmm. He admits the problem out of fear I went and buried it in the ground. And how many of us look at those roller coasters and think, whoa, that is not for me and won't get on. Mm -hmm. And the Lord, here's here's the juxtaposition of the whole thing. So we have this wonderful gift, this richness, this divine life that's offered to us, and we won't even get on the ride. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, out of fear, out of this fear. And we all... And we all carry it in different parts of our lives. I'm sure everyone out there has some kind of fear of something. Amen. And the Lord is saying, I love it. Come and share in your master's joy. Mm-hmm. That's all he wants. Yeah. He wants us to, be, to have joyful, peaceful lives. Yeah. And when we do that, what happens? Sticking with the roller coaster analogy, we mm-hmm. get on that roller coaster and when we, we get off of it, it's like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. That was yeah, so much time fun. time of my life. <laughs> yes. And what happens? You go out and you want to tell everyone about it. Absolutely. And in so many ways, that's why joy and evangelization are so interconnected. Because when you summit the mountain, what you find is a new air. An air that when you take it in, you see beauty in a whole new way. Yes. And that's what he wants us to see. And it's interesting, that wonderful quote from one of my favorite theologians, Mary Caucus, he uses the word ability, certainly because that's the word used in today's parable, today's gospel. The Greek rendering of that is most fascinating. I think it really gets to the heart of what you were just speaking to in so far as this sharing in the divine life of God. The Greek is uh, dynamua or dynamis. It's 
power. But when you look closely at the Greek, it is a power given to us that allows us to actually share in the master's qualities, who he is. Mm. This is why in the opening verses of the book of Acts, footnote, I was listening to, I think it was this radio station, a pastor locally, he was talking about the Acts of the Apostles, and he said, we should call them the Adventures of Apostles. I thought, that's that's Absolutely. a great line because that's it really, is. you know, Acts is born. Man. Adventure is something else because, man, there's lots of risk-taking. And why were they able to take risks? Well, because what does Jesus do? He says, I give you the power of the Holy Spirit, yep. the, the dynamua of God, that literally, I mean, the dynamite. I mean, that's the kind of power we're talking about. And that power actually allows you to share in the mission of Christ. Beautiful. And, you know, there's a tendency today, Debbie, to, to really drum down what we're talking about right now as it relates to the adventure that's so exciting. Mm -hmm. You know, words that should, you used the phrase earlier, you know, shake us in our boots. Those words that should shake us in our boots, conversion, discipleship, mission, <sighs> those are boring words. They don't, they don't do much for me. Right? What, what did G.K. Chesterton once say? It's only boring because we've never tried it. Mm -hmm. We've never tried it. Mm -hmm. uh, Archbishop Fulton Sheen adds to that truth. Once our Lord has touched your heart, once he has gripped you, you never look back because what's before you is so exciting. And you would never dream of looking back. I mean, if you think about what captivates you, captivates you so much that you would never think about looking back. Take that one thing and replace it with Christianity. That's what the personal encounter is all about. That's what sharing in life of God is all about. Doing the Father's will, discernment, Again, these things which, eh, I've heard that lecture, that homily, that sermon before. Man, no. Listen closely because there is an excitement behind discerning how God wants to work in your life. How <laughs> the one who fashioned the universe uh, desires you to play a part. That is it's just an incredible thing to really think about. And there's something else about this parable as, as we're talking about this, Debbie. Mm -hmm. I guess for one reason or another, I was never made to see this, but it, it grabbed me this time. Five, two, and one. Mm -hmm. Five, two, and one. If words like conversion, mission, discipleship, doing the Father's will are boring, in a similar way, words like fair, tolerance, we espouse to with heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what we forget is God doesn't always operate that way. What do you mean, Joe? He's fair. He's just, well, God does not deal generically with us like commodities on an assembly line. Absolutely. No, we all have a very specific vocation. And that's where the excitement comes in to discern what's my role in this great adventure of salvation history and this drama that is unfolding before us. What's my play? God, what do you want me to do? I mean, that should invigorate us. That should convict us. That should have us waking up in the morning, Debbie, and praising God as opposed to another day, all this stuff to do. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I know we were talking about that on the phone earlier, mm -hmm. this, this demon of busyness. Busyness. I mean, it, it overwhelms us. Mm -hmm. And tragically, when we get caught up in this whirlwind of the adversary that is busyness, we miss the essence of this parable. 
Yes, and you know, experiment. with the advent of all these electronic devices, it's like we can never get downtime. We're always connected to work. Our employees can always get a hold of us. Our co our coworkers can get a hold of us. And it was very interesting. Recently at the office, we had um, a sociology professor from Chico State with us, and he said, I cannot tell you the climate change that is happening on campuses mm. all around the world. He said, it's like the zombie apocalypse. They're all have their faces down on an electronic device, and it's quiet. And no one's interacting. He goes, I've taught over there 20, 25 years. And what I loved was the electric atmosphere of young people sharing, mm. you know, sharing. And well, no wonder we aren't seeing each other's needs, Joe. We don't yeah. have our face up where we need to encounter someone yeah. that Christ is bringing into our life. Yeah. A priest I know well recently gave a homily, and it was a really good homily. He, he, the point, the key point he made was, you know, for all of this influx within the last three to five years of, you know, quote-unquote zombie Hollywood, yeah. if it's World War Z or if it's, what is it, The Walking Dead, Dead yeah. or if it's all of these movies that are tied to zombies, what we're not thinking about is that it's actually a reflection of what we are becoming. That's what and, his and, point yeah, was. In many ways, Debbie, mm-hmm. it was really what you're talking about yeah. now. And the most important point, as you were speaking to it, is... Because we have our heads down, right. we are not aware of the people that are around us and, and the body of Christ that we are called to serve. Absolutely. Right? Uh, and in turn, the great tragedy is we are not giving. Yeah. And if we are not giving, then what are we doing? Taking. Yep. Aren't we? Yeah. Aren't we really taking? Yep. And that's not what we're called to in our plan of God? Nope. It's interesting that this is a sociology professor that you're talking about because he's going to be aware uh-huh. of what's going on sociologically speaking. Yeah. I was at a wedding recently. It was actually rehearsal dinner. I looked over and there was this very large round table of about 15 teens and all teenagers there had their go. noses in an iPhone yeah. and iPad something. And they weren't even interacting yeah. across the table. It's sad. Oh, it's, it's it breaks so my heart. Sad. I mean, we were, as John Paul II would love to talk about it, born into communion. We are yeah. saved in communion. Called so if we community. isolate ourselves, what are we doing? Oh, you know. So this is very much what the new evangelization is about, you know, awakening people up to the reality that there's more than than what technology is putting out there. And we go to technology to a degree to meet them there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a radio program that's, that uploads into a podcast. Mm-hmm. And for all of you out there, I mean, you know, take heed to this call that Christ gives to us this weekend. Embrace the gift that God has given you. Mm. And yeah, he's going to give at his discretion. Identify what God wants you to do. And yeah, I use that. I mean, obviously, there's a play on words, too, as we talked about talent and money, talent and, and what's given to you. It's not reduced to our talent and what we can do physically. It's certainly not reduced to that. And as we've talked about, it has a lot more to do with how we share in our Lord's uh, divine plan. Um, but we do need to take a step back, draw back, and to be able to say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? If you're spending copious amounts of time uh, on your computer or on your iPhone, uh, spending too much time each night on Facebook. I mean, you have to think of why. Mm-hmm. Why? 
I mean, life is worth living. So we mm. need to start living it. I challenge myself in this. I think we sure. are all challenged because what we're talking about right now, Debbie, is human nature. We all yes. possess that inclination to sin. And so we take that grace that God gives to us and we share in his plan. And maybe we think we're doing God's will based upon what we can do. If you're getting frustrated and you find yourself overwhelmed by what you think God has given you, I would ask that you reconsider your discernment. Because if what you're doing day in and day out is frustrating you, um, maybe you're not leaning into God's grace the way you think you are. I find myself challenging my discernment that way a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because God will give you the grace that is necessary. Not that it's going to be a perfect world when you're living in His grace, but, you know, Find those things, if you haven't already done so, that God is asking you to do and uh, discover God's plan for your life. And when you do so, there's just joy abounds. Joy abounds. You are loved in ways that you cannot imagine, my dear mm. brothers and sisters. Yeah. You have been given gifts and abilities to enter into a love relationship that you've never experienced before with the Blessed Trinity. And I just encourage you. I encourage you. Amen. Yeah, I mean, if you think you have admirers out there, God loves you a thousand times oh. more. And maybe you have fallen, but I'm just going to remind you, you are better than your worst, and God wants you to know that. So pick yourself up <laughs> mm -hmm. and understand that this is a parable that is about sharing what God has given to us, unmerited, there isn't anything we did. Nope. Right? How many times have we been given a gift, Debbie, and, and we say, maybe, well, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Mm -hmm. Well, again, multiply that by a thousand times, and that's everything that God does for us. Amen. Let us close with a word of prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.